Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today as we check in on sports all over the world, all over the country, not just here on the East Coast, but of course on the West Coast as well. One of the best in the business in terms of play-by-play, calling sports uh, on television for a long period of time. We wanted to check in and get his thoughts on what's happening uh, on the West Coast and also what's happening just in sports, his thoughts on basketball, baseball, and when we could see things resumed. Maybe Rich Waltz has heard some things. And we bring him in now. Of course, Rich Walsh from CBS Sports Network, Fox Sports 1, MLB Network, calls games all the time, all different sports. And Rich, uh, last time we talked, uh, I was asking you for some tips on the NCAA tournament, just kind of the teams that you've seen and who you liked and how good is Gonzaga. And you were seeing all those teams in the West Coast Conference. And here we are now. We're in our house. But how are you? Good Good to see you and talk to you. Hi, Craig. Hi, Joe. Yeah, I liked Gonzaga and I liked Dayton. Um, those were the kind of the two teams from smaller conferences that I really thought were going to make a deep run, but obviously a lot's changed in the world of, uh, in the world and in the world of sports. So I think, you know, you asked me what I've heard, I've heard what uh, you've heard and that's, you know, every two days there seems to be uh, an idea out of major league baseball or that someone has about major league baseball. Um, my guess is that the people on I think they moved their offices from Park Avenue in New York to a new office. Um, but I, I'm sure the people at Major League Baseball and all the teams have gone through a variety of scenarios. And the ones that we've heard about, you know, half the league in Florida, half the league in Arizona or, or other stuff like that are just some of the ideas that got out or that, that, that people talked about. It, it's really hard to game plan, I think, if you're a, a basketball uh, with the NBA, the NHL. Uh, tennis, golf, uh, obviously Major League Baseball, because it seems like it changes every 48 hours, this, um, the virus and, and the, the situation. And that's, that's the nature of the beast right now. Yeah. And, and um, you know, certainly uh, Joe and I both live in Florida. Rich spent many years in Florida, of course, uh, doing Marlins games on television for Fox as well. But Rich, uh, of course, his home base always has been on the West Coast. Uh, in on the state of Washington and in the you know Seattle surrounding area, uh, what has it been like there for you, Rich? Because I know that a lot of what we do here and our main hub is in New York. A lot of our hosts are on the East Coast. What's it been like just for you in day to day life, and how quickly did things sort of get settled out in Washington State? Washington State was really proactive and in the leading um, one of the leaders of this uh, because they were uh, they were hit first. Hard here. There was a nursing home uh, that was hit with not only the virus, but just a, a lot of deaths, which was really tragic. Uh, but it was really the first big breakout in the United States. And the governor here, uh, Jay Inslee, has been terrific. Um, he was really uh, proactive. And we've been social distancing and, and quarantined for a while now. And it's, it's paid off just in looking at the numbers uh, this morning. Uh, you know, they talk about flattening the curve, and it feels like this state and, and probably California as well have done the best at, at, at flattening the curve. And they've, you know, those two states were probably, you know, the, really the first to get it. So then New York really um, got hammered. But um, so far, everybody in this state took, took it seriously early, and I think that that has paid off. But, uh, you know, as, you, as everybody says, and as, as they, they, preach to you here and across the country. Um, when the curve starts to get flattened and you feel like you're on the other side, that's not the time to take your foot off the gas. You, you, you have to finish it. So, You know, it's, it's interesting, Rich, because it's, it's one of those things where for the first time, I think, since all of this began, I mean, I think a month ago, we'd be at Selection Sunday this week, right? We'd be doing a whole lot of other things, uh, especially right about now. But it would be very difficult for the first time that I think we've heard a lot of states, yours included, 
I, I'm talking about going back to work, getting uh, getting folks back into um, you know buildings and getting back to their jobs and trying to create uh, you know their livelihood. Kind of very hard to get sports to be the first you know domino to fall in that before people can actually get back to their you know somewhat of their everyday lives and making a living it'd be very hard for baseball fans or no fans or you know basketball or the nhl to be back first wouldn't it no that's a great point i think in in any um look we we work in sports our livelihood depends on sports i my livelihood depends on events Mm. if events aren't played then you know, you're not getting paid and you're, and you're just watching. So, you know, you want sports to come back, but you realize that until they get a handle on the virus, until there is comprehensive, almost immediate testing, um, there's no real way to, to, to justify sports, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you have to keep people safe. You have to address the virus. You have to address that first. You have to get not total control, but some control over it. Um, before you bring back uh, sports. Um, and that's, you know, the testing, just look, I, I, the, the first league to, the, to show this was the NBA, right? One player was sick, then another yeah. player was sick. And, and we could talk about playing without fans, which, which all the leagues are talking about, the NBA, the NHL, Major League Baseball are talking about, let's do stuff without fans. That way we can do things. Well, what happens when, when you're, uh, you know, you've got, Say on a baseball team, you got 25 players, you got eight coaches, a manager, you've got trainers, you've got executives, you've got umpires, you've got, uh, you know, ball kids, all of that. What happens when you start a league up and and if you don't have that comprehensive testing that's immediate with, with the ability to isolate somebody, what happens if somebody tests positive on that team? We mm-hmm. saw that with the NBA. You have to shut that team down. You have to quarantine those players or the people that have been exposed to that person for at least 14 days. How are you going to have a league if all of a sudden two teams out of the National League East are shut down for two weeks? Right? Yeah. No, it's uh, it's real interesting. Um, Rich is kind of like us, Joe. Rich uh, is a hybrid in terms of broadcasting games. He's done it all uh, last year. We'll get into college football because Rich did college football. He did actually the Miami uh, FIU game last year, uh, but Rich, um, you know, you did YouTube games last year too. A mm-hmm. lot of them for for MLB Network. I remember watching. I think it was Brewers Twins one game in the afternoon. Yep. I just popped you on. I was watching you there. So I so I do want to touch on baseball here, and let's you know, kind of go a little bit further here. We've heard two different ideas. We've heard an an all Arizona idea. We've heard an Arizona and Florida idea. Yesterday, the governor of Florida basically came out and said that he wants sports to come back. He specifically mentioned NASCAR. He specifically mentioned a Tiger Woods, Phil Mickelson possibility. I don't know where that came from, but mentioned that as well. Do you get the sense, Rich, that that baseball can be played at all in that way in Florida and Arizona in 2020? The one thing, by the way, he did not mention uh, and he did actually he did allude to it. It said with no fans. I think we're definitely headed down that road. But do you think that the games can be played in either of those two sort of ideas that we've heard about? No, um, I think the Arizona especially is problematic because of time zone um, and temperature in the mm. summer. Um, you can't play all the games at night, certainly at the same time. Um, and and I don't know that you want to play games at 110 degree temperatures. And I think gathering 15 teams in one spot is kind of opposite of what you're trying to do with social distancing and quarantining and keeping players safe. And it may feel like, hey, we've got all these teams quarantined, but you know what? You got all the teams together. Um, so, I, I, you know, the idea that made a little more sense to me was finding four or five, six cities uh, Houston, Texas, Seattle, Milwaukee, with a roof. Um, and you, I, I think you would, and like I said, it's a moving target. By the time you do this, you want to go to the places where this virus has been contained, where you're able to test and whether where you're able to safely do it. I don't think you can go to a state that still has, that is still a hotspot, right? And Arizona and Florida could be hotspots for the next two, three months. Um, I like the idea of 
of more separation of the teams and, and maybe finding pods or Toronto or places where you could compete where there isn't, they are not in the, in, in the middle of it. Because I think as sports comes back, I think the reality is, is that those first games, whether it's football or hockey or basketball, if those leagues can start up again, I think those games are not going to have fans, or if they do, they're going to have fans that are scattered around the stadium and, and not close to each other. Because I think that that will turn those events into a television event, which is certainly uh, huge revenue for all the, all the major sports. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the, the other problem here is, it, and look, smarter minds than me have thought of all of these things and gone through these scenarios. That's certainly what they've been doing. But I don't think you can start the major league season if you don't start the minor league season. <laughs> because we how, haven't even heard anything about mm-hmm. the minor league. How in the world can you have a major league going and then, you know, five guys go on the DL? Who do you replace them with? Yeah. No, they're I talking mean, about maybe having extra players there with them wherever they yeah, are. That's, that, that's a possibility. What if, uh, you know, a group of them gets sick? You have. Yeah. I, mean, I, think, you, I, I think you have to have some minor league component to this where guys maybe double A up are developing and are ready for injuries. Um, just to, if you're going to make this a competition in a, in a fair one. Sure. And, and I think it's great, Rich, how candid you are on this too, because you know, look like, like yourself, like we make our livelihood off sports. It's important for sports to come back, but we're also trying to be realistic. Um, so that well, being let, said, let me, let, me, let me say this. I'm, yeah, I, I get what you're saying, but I'm also selfish. And and so my hope is that when sports comes back, that it comes back for good. What I don't want to see is is sports is try to force sports to come back and then have to shut it down again because right. then it's a longer layoff for all of us. Right. Okay, but but the reality of the situation is we would understand if the NBA didn't play. We would understand if right. the NHL didn't play. And I think that to a degree, although it would hurt me a lot, it would hurt you too, but it would it obviously would hurt for us. We're baseball fans to not have baseball. Let's move to football. College football, pro football, Rich. I mean, you're calling all kinds of college football games during the season too. So is, is there any difference of opinion on that? Is it just simply because the games are further away? But unlike the other sports, and yes, there are baseball fans that go to baseball games, but Rich, there is nothing like college football at Clemson, at LSU, at Florida, and all these places with 60, 70,000 people. Is that realistic at this point? Not at this point, but like we said, uh, Greg, it's a moving target. So you don't know what June is going to look like, really. You don't know what July is going to look like. And July is important because that's when players start you know, gathering in both NFL and college camps to, to, to prepare. The difference between college and the NFL, in my mind, is this. How are you going to have college football if you don't have students on campus? How are you going to ask college, you know, student athletes to come back together, train, and play against, you know, with in sweaty, you know, conditions, hand-to-hand combat, all of that, and you're not, and you won't have college kids come on campus because it's safe. I think you have to have colleges back before you have college football back. I think you have to have students return to their schools before you can have college football. That's just my mind. Um, I'm sure others may, may have a differing uh, of opinion on that. But, uh, you know, it's a moving target. If you get to July and, and August and it's contained and we have comprehensive testing that everybody is, you know, everybody can get tested, not only who feel sick, but also aren't sick, to find out if they've been exposed or if they have the, um, the virus and, 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 and are asymptomatic. That's a big component to this. But I don't know that you can say anything about any sport moving forward until you get to June, until you get to July. Um, but with baseball, look, I, I think baseball certainly can push it into October and into November. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm a big fan of, you know what, this is such an anomaly of a year. Make it fun. Make it exciting. Do some different things. Experiment with stuff. This is the, if, if you're going to have an 80-game season or you're going to have a, a tournament at the end to, to, to you know, with 
all the teams or half of the teams or whatever. Make it fun. Make it different because this is the time, I think, an opportunity to do that. Rich, we've got about uh, less than two minutes left here, and then we got to go to the break. Um, one of the hardest things to do, because I've gone through it, as, when I grew up, I wanted to do what you do, which is be you know, a play-by-play guy on radio or television uh, for baseball. It's what I've wanted to do. You know, Certainly, I mean, you've taken this to another level doing all sports. I don't think people realize how versatile you are to be able to do everything. For me, I'm still doing my show every day here with Joe. My son is in a backyard playing baseball. What does a play-by-play announcer do to stay sharp? before he has to call his next game? Is it just like riding a bike and then Richie will just do a game in three months from now or two months from now, whatever it is? Or or are you doing any? Are you watching games, calling like old games on television watching? You know what I've done? Um, and it, and it's I think it's good for every announcer to do this. Uh, and it took me about three weeks into this before I started it, is I went to... Um, I went back and, and CBS has got a site that archives all the games and you can access it on, on, on your iPad. So I've gone back and started to watch a lot of my games, which is good and bad. I'm not a big fan of, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll, I'm a perfectionist and look at it and say, oh boy, I, I didn't, I kicked that call or I'm, I should have been better there. Um, but for me, it, it's, it's a really good opportunity to get better. It's a really good opportunity take a critical ear and a critical eye and say, hey, I like the way I did that, or I need to do this a little bit better. So right now I'm just kind of watching games from the basketball season and some of the football games to find out, you know, this this went well, why did it go well? This didn't go well, why didn't it go well? Um, and, and when baseball starts up and, and uh, if I get the opportunity to jump in there, then, you know, I'll spend a, a week uh, before my first game practicing or, or going through um, what I like and the, and, and the certain preparations for it. Obviously, the first time you do a game of any sport each season, you have to remind yourself of the speed and the cadence and the rhythm of that sport. Um, I'm, I, look, I'm watching a lot of uh, Amazon Prime and uh, Showtime yeah, like and HBO and, and, and those type of shows. I tend to watch those shows more than the you know, the archived games that are on. I, I'm more interested in that. So. Well, Rich, thanks so much for coming on. Really appreciate it. And uh, be well and stay safe, okay? Thanks for coming on. Greg, anytime. Joe, thank you. And uh, you guys stay safe down there. All right, there he is. Rich Waltz from CBS Sports Network, Fox Sports 1, MLB Network. Catch him everywhere doing all kinds of games, even on YouTube as well. We'll be back right after this. Don't go away. dailyrodo.com learn from the game's best dfs players we don't just give you premier advice we play every day all major sports all year round we never stop industry-leading dfs tools and custom projections and now the dailyrodo.com optimizer in minutes build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys learn from the game's best dfs players join dailyrodo.com Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish, Joe Ranieri here with you on the show as we are at the midway point of the month of April and hopefully good times are ahead for all of us. Hope you guys are staying safe and certainly an interesting time in this country uh, that we've had and an interesting time to come as well as we take a look at some of the iconic stadiums in the history of sports. And Joe, I feel like I'm in a groove here with a little college sports here lately. We've, We've gone through some pro and yeah, I mean, we've hit on some good ones here, but I'm kind of in this, I don't know why, like in this college football move. Maybe it's me just wanting to make sure that we get college football back in late August. Yes. Yep. That's, that's part of it, too. Yeah, and, and mostly because we're running out of other stadiums. So this is college. That's we're good to go. That's true, too. I didn't want to say it. Thanks for saying it. Not Appreciate a problem. that, Joe. Uh, those of you who are watching this, uh, Brett and Danny, if you're editing this, just take that little part out. Ted, like we really like uh, having this. We don't, oh, want real, we don't want to talk about real sports. We want to go back and look at old stadiums. Yes. That's what we want to do. Yes. In fact, 
we don't need sports back. In fact, after this, yep. we're, we're running through all the best high school uh, Absolutely. soccer we're, stadiums in the country. We're putting together the polo grounds. We're putting it back. Right. Ebbets Field, like you name it, we're, we're, we're bringing it back. We're going to alienate every single person watching this show. We're going to do stadiums from the 20s. Many as we can. Many. No, even, you know what? Per- we might even go to Coliseum, all right? We might even go Rome. I think we're that's what we're going to do. We're the original. Gladiators. That's right, the gladiators. original. You know, what we want to do is want to make sure that every single person who has no idea how to access a phone and download exactly. an app and watch this show. That's correct. That's what, that's it's, what we're, it's what we're here for. It's to drive you away. It's great. I don't think there's anyone that's 95 that has an Amazon Fire Stick, honestly. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm saying. You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. Well, my parents have one because I put it in there. Yeah, see? There you go. Yep, so do mine. <laughs> that's it. You know, if I say a fire stick around any, yep. anybody that's, you know, like that, they're going to fight. They're going to get freaked out. Like, oh, so it lights on fire? Yeah, well, and they got Pluto TV on that fire stick. That's what I'm so you saying. know they're Pluto watching TV, us. Yes. Yep, you know they're watching yeah. us. Okay, so here we go. Oh, no. We're, yeah, we're tackling we're tackling the team everybody loves to hate today. We're gonna do the Alabama Crimson Tide. We did their odds for the draft next okay. week, but today we're gonna do their stadium. And this is called Bryant Denny Stadium, mm-hmm. which was opened up in nineteen twenty nine. It's so crazy. I went to so many games in the SEC, but in the time that I was at Florida, they did not have that home and home with Alabama that year when they were playing against the West. So I have never been to this stadium, one of the few in the SEC that I have never been to. But anyway, opened up in 1929, Bear Bryant, everybody's well aware of all the great things that have happened at Alabama. Now, they've won a total of 17 championships, but college football championships played when they were in this stadium, which is what we're trying to be clear on here. There were 15 total college football championships won by the Alabama Crimson Tide. Now, Joe, before we go any further, we're going to go through all the iconic players on Alabama, but let's also keep in mind that since Nick Saban has taken over, at Alabama, we could make five different lists of iconic players that have played at Alabama. But we're not going to do that today. We're just yeah. going to pick the very best ones. Listen, since Saban has come in, I mean, he's the arguably he's going to go down as probably the best college football coach at all time. Yes. He's got five or six first-rounders every single year. Some of them have worked out. Some mm-hmm. of them have not. And we, we could just do a whole show on the last 10 years of college football and just go one by one with every Nick Saban player that's gone to the NFL. So for the purposes of doing this, we're just going to keep it to the very best that were there. Because honestly, a lot of Alabama's players, not it's like a 50-50 proposition with them in the NFL. Not all of them have turned out to be stars. Nope. But they certainly were great there. So Certainly not quarterbacks, but yes. Yes. And not not all the running backs either, by the way, too. Trent Richardson. Okay, so... Here are the uh, iconic players at Alabama. John Hanna was, in his time, the best offensive lineman in all of college football. I know a lot of you may not know him, but because he also played with the Patriots at a time where the Patriots weren't very good either. Right. But, but he needs to be on this list. And again, I do my research before these shows to see what everybody thinks and do a little group thing. Um, okay, we got Ozzie Newsome, mm-hmm. who is in the College Football Hall of Fame, Pro Football Hall of Fame unequivocal at his time, the top tight end in all of college. Yep. He's a no-doubter, got to be on this list here as well. You know, Joe Namath is an interesting one because he was really good at Alabama, but, you know, Ken Stabler was kind of better. I looked up the numbers, but, man, when you're talking about, like, icons and that's the title of this, mm-hmm. I think you got to put Joe Willie in there, right, Joe? Like, I agree. I, mean, I think he's just got to show up on this list somehow. I, I tried to find ways to not do it, but... You gotta, you gotta. Joe Alabama, uh, Joe Willie, one of the biggest upsets ever in uh, Super Bowl history. There, come on, beating Johnny Unitas, calling it, wearing his fur coat. I mean, gotta have him in Alabama. Gotta love it, man. Uh, About about ten, fifteen years ago, uh, you know the Super Bowl. And have you have you done Radio Row before, Joe? Oh yeah. Okay, absolutely. I I figured that you had. Okay. Yep. So Radio Row, you know, it was a lot different. 10, 15 years ago than what it is now. And, and it's still good. You know, a lot right. of the celebrities and the athletes come around and they do the interviews. But remember, this is all before Barstool. This is before right. Dan Patrick had his own show yep. and Colin Cower. And, and all those radio shows now, they don't even go to Radio Row. Like, they have their yep. own restaurants and their own places. So all of the athletes, they don't really come through like they used to. Right. It's, it's not quite the same. There's Don't get me wrong. There's still a lot. 
But mm-hmm. when I used to do Radio Row, we're going back 10 years, it was like, oh, there's Joe Namath. Oh, right. there's John Elway. Oh, there's Dan Marino. Oh, there's Joe. I mean, it was insane at yep. that time. Yep. And you wanted to be there because even if the interview stunk, because a lot of them did, they were just promoting stuff, you knew that you were rubbing elbows with the best football players of all time. It was Absolutely. unequivocal. Now it's not quite the same. So so I, uh, I'm i doing my radio show. Mm-hmm. And um, it's funny because they, if you remember during the Super Bowl, they posted a picture, if you, if I'm not mistaken, of, of Brett Favre in the bathroom. And I think a woman was standing outside and wouldn't let anyone in. Right. And it, and it jogged my memory because at the Super Bowl that I went to, I was in the bathroom just standing up there going to the bathroom. Right. Like a guy would. And I look over, and it's Joe. No way. Right next to me. And I do a double take. He he doesn't look. You know, he's not looking up. He's just doing his business. You know, and he's done. And he go. And I'll never forget it as long as I live. He goes, Ah, there's nothing like a good whiz. Uh, (laughs) Joe Joe David, right next to me in the urine. That was it. That the lasting name. impression, man. That's exactly yeah. it, Joe. Thank you for that, Joe. I Joe. gotta put Joe Namath on this list. Joe. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, back to the reality. They were good that during when he was there as well, too. Excellent. Yep. Excellent. Uh, Mark Ingram won the Heisman. Oh yes. Gotta have Mark Ingram on this list. Yes. Gotta be there. Heisman Trophy winner, Alabama. There he is. Yep. Uh, a lot of people consider Derek Thomas to be the best football player ever at Alabama. Oh yes. And. He was as dominant as any player we've seen in college. Yeah. And, of course, passed away tragically after a car accident, oh. ironically, in South Florida. Yeah. And uh, and finally, Derrick Henry uh, carried Alabama uh, all the way to a national championship at running back. I, I thought that he was very underused in his first couple of years in the NFL. I couldn't figure out why. And now we've seen why, because they just didn't give him the ball for unexplicable reasons for almost two years with the first half of the season. Now they are and. He'll be a top five pick in fantasy. Or maybe not top five, but first round pick, I think, in fantasy for sure yeah. this year. Well, it was right. uh, nice so, of Ryan Tannehill to throw 40-yard passes ahead, all Joe. game. Tell me who I forgot. Uh, who no, who I'm I, not doing it. I'm not, I'm not doing it, man. I'm out. just going to say, listen, this is, uh, you know, to me, Alabama could have been, of all of them, because, again, not, this isn't translating into the NFL. This is just college it's football just college. players. Yeah. And they, I, we they, have rules. Yes, they've had some of the uh, some of the best players uh, ever, and maybe that's a thing we got to do. Maybe a little uh, college football best year fantasy game that we got to oh, do. That go. Ohio oh, State Alabama, it. just saying. So, Ohio State sports, Alabama. We'll be doing this in June with no sports. We're definitely good point. Do I'm just throwing it out there. Yeah, I'm pre I'm pre gaming um, here, man. I'm players pre-gaming. we missed: Cornelius Bennett. Yes. Buffalo Bills. Stud there. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I got to say Julio Jones. Oh, yes. Somehow. Yep. But the, the problem was is that as we get more into the the current history of college mm-hmm. football, no one's playing four years anymore. No. You know? So no. A lot of the guys that we mentioned all played four years at Alabama. And also I mentioned Kenny Stabler earlier. So yes. Kenny yeah, Stabler, and that's so. all just tremendous. Uh, yeah, I guess would you go Saban or Bear Bryant? I mean, you probably still go Bear Bryant now right. because of the winning of the championship. Mm-hmm. Saban has gotten his team to titles. He's yep. lost a couple of them. It's like Belichick-esque. You know, they run all the way through. Everyone expects Alabama to win big. And then yep. Sean Watson shows up and, and, and then, wins. Yeah, that's, that's um, it. You know, and uh, but, but again, when it's all said and done, and mm-hmm. if we're not said and done yet, Joe, I think Nick Saban's going to go down as the best college football coach. Absolutely. I don't even think it's going to be close either. It's not going to be close. It's the no, thing. He's going to win at least a couple of more. Yep. For sure. Yep. Uh, okay. So we go from college football. We're going to do college basketball today also. Mm. And we're going to dive into our first college basketball wow. arena of 2020. We're going Rupp Arena. 1976. Rupp Arena Open, this is the home of the Kentucky Wildcats basketball mm-hmm. team, a team that is in the NCAA tournament every single year. And it almost doesn't matter where they're seated. They're going far in the tournament almost mm-hmm. every single year. And since 1976, now remember, they won some championships before this, but since 1976, since they moved into Rupp, they've won four college basketball championships. And this mm-hmm. is just simply just one place that of – you know, there's there's several. You know, North Carolina is another place, right. and, and Duke. But this is an absolute spot that you don't want to play, man. Like it is as tough Dominance. an arena to play. Dominance. Yep. 
it doesn't get uh, any tougher. And then that's what it is. They'll always have that uh, one school or, uh, you know, one of the uh, mid-majors that'll come in and upend them and uh, the whole world will stop for a minute for uh, in Kentucky and be like, oh, my God. But um, the, the level of competition and how they play at home and what Calipari has done there in this building, nothing short of, uh, of amazing here over the last decade and a half. Yeah, and, and the other thing that, that makes this difficult is that, you know, you may say to yourself, well, you guys should cover a lot of college basketball teams and mm-hmm. take care of and do a lot of arenas. But the bottom line is, is that in the last 20 years, yep. we're pretty much done seeing college basketball players play four years or even three one and done. in college. So how mm-hmm. do you call somebody an iconic player that only plays one year yep. at the school or maybe even two? Now, that that's kind of why when you see this list, you're going to be surprised that you don't see you know a lot of guys Good point. from the last few years because yep. they have a guy that plays college basketball one year and then the guy goes, bye-bye. And then he goes, uh, yeah. into the NBA. And remember that guys used to go uh, you know, directly from high school to the NBA as well. So yep. um, here are the iconic players uh, since 1976 from Rupp Arena. Kenny Walker, uh, best w- was an unbelievable player at Kentucky, drafted in the top 10, but mm-hmm. but Joe, only known for the slam dunk contest, right? Like That's I, it, I, which is kind of hard to believe. He really didn't have any kind of NBA career. No. Um, Tony Delk won a championship with Kentucky and played a long time there. Anthony Davis, the Brow, everybody's familiar with him, of course. He played for like uh, nine teams, too, I think. Yeah, he had a, he had a decent career. Played with maybe about nine, ten years. Uh, I remember he was just on a different team every year, it felt like. Yeah. Um, Jamal Mashburn. Oh, yes. Who is an all-time Kentucky player. Mm-hmm. Probably the best on this list. Yep, I think the best, you know, best on his list, and then uh, Antoine Walker with his shimmy. Yes, had a nice NBA career as well. Yes, yeah, it's tough. I mean, um, I guess you got. Did you put Demarcus Cousins there? Um, no, I did not. Yeah, I mean, he was. Uh, he, yeah, he was there. What? Oh nine and ten. Oh nine ten. I think somewhere along those lines, he was really good. Yeah, I, that's interesting. You know, that's a good name. Um, maybe an oversight on my part. Right. Um, was I'll Rondo you, not on the list for you? There Rondo was, was Rondo was right outside. Okay. That's a All good right. one. Yes, Rondo yep. was right outside. He was like seven yep. for me. All right. Um, the other ones that I missed or I didn't put on there because, again, you can, you know, I mean, we could do ten graphics, but I don't want to. No, know. no, I, I got you. I got you. Uh, Tayshawn Prince. Oh, yes, absolutely. Ron Mercer. Mm-hmm. John Wall played two mm-hmm. years there. And then uh, Rex Chapman. Yes. Kentucky, too. Yes. Don't forget uh, Tyler Hero. Mm-hmm. Tyler Hero, there you go. That's yeah. it. It's, uh, now, I got a lot of cards. Devin Booker, I think, uh, also was there. Kevin Knox. I mean, you can go down the list, guys. It's a you, – you're seeing a theme there. It's like a factory. Like, just – and you, maybe the best of them all, which I thought was great. I don't even think a lot of people noticed. Pat Riley went to Kentucky, guys. Uh, national championship team there with uh, Kentucky. Yes. So before seventy six. Before seventy six, but yeah, an excellent, an excellent name. Yep. An excellent name. Yep. But yeah, I mean, th- that's that's the hard part about this is that I have a ball going through the best players in history and the best stadiums in history. Really, it was an easy part of my day going through this for you guys and producing yes. this. But college basketball is not that easy anymore because yep. players just don't stick around. They don't play and. Uh, you know, uh, Vernon Carey Jr. just announced the other day, and yeah. he's here from South Florida. His he goes to the same school as my kids. Yep. And one and done at Duke, Joe. Like that's, that's yeah. it. Like yep. and he had a good year. Not even one and done in this case this year because they didn't even have it. They didn't even get a. Fa- that's exactly. It didn't even get a chance to finish it, which is kind of crazy too. But yeah, that's that, that's kind of what college basketball has become. And that's all it is. And, and look, and I don't know how you feel about it, but the fact that they're making these kids go to college for one year at this point is a little ridiculous. ridiculous. I liked it at the time, and it was a character building, and they saw a lot of kids failing from the high school, and they they wanted them to at least have that one year of college. Right. But I honestly don't understand even what it does. No, I think it's a waste of time. I, and listen, not everyone is – it's not it's going to be a common theme. It's, uh, you know, very few guys are able to go from high school into the pros – uh, but I think a lot, if they continue, I think a lot of guys are going to go overseas. I think yeah, a lot I, of them will go see, there. I think you're absolutely right. I think yep. you're going to see something. In fact, I saw a kid the other day decide that he didn't want to go to college and he wants to play overseas. Look, that's the only way, you know, for some of them who want to play yep. and they want to play in the next three months, it's the only guarantee that they have to get paid. Honestly, the NBA, we don't know. That's all they got. 
Yep. So, interesting stuff. All right, uh, we got to take a quick time out here. We got uh, one more segment to go on this edition of Fantasy Sports Today, so make sure you stay tuned. We're back in just a couple of minutes. Also, don't forget to like and subscribe to our shows. We post them every single day over at YouTube.com. You can just subscribe to our network. It is simply called Sports Grid, and on Twitter, it is at Sports Grid. And once you subscribe and you like, and please hit that like button, also make sure you turn your notifications on. So this way, as soon as the show is over, we get these shows up on YouTube, and you can watch them whenever you want, 24-7 on demand. Joe and I will be right back in just a couple of minutes, right here on this edition of Fantasy Sports Today. Don't go away. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build and optimize lineups for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Bish along with Joe Ranieri. Joe, uh, what do we got coming up on the uh, the early line uh, over the next few days? What kind of what do you guys what are you guys covering? I know that we uh, has been a little lot of deep dive into the upcoming draft and a lot of the uh, prop uh, prop bets that we have uh, we have made. So we really go into a couple of mock drafts that we've put together. So really looking because it's our first real jump into being able to have an event where we could actually um, really lay some bets that we think there's some value sure. there with what yeah. we know, not like, a, you know, like Belarus and, uh, you know, handball where we're kind of flipping a coin. Uh, this is really the first uh, big opportunity since in over a month to, uh, to be able to bet on, uh, on something that um, we've been studying for a while now. So I think it's, uh, it's excited. I'm looking forward uh, to that. We got you covered on the early line every day this week. Okay, and also make sure you're tuned in to all the other shows, including mm-hmm. uh, Scott Farrell, Coast to Coast, The Morning After. Uh, we're doing some great shows for you guys every single day in Game Live as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what? Actually, let's uh, let's flip it up here. Let's continue on with the NFL conversation since we're since we've sure. uh, ta- tackled this here at the beginning. Uh, Mike Mayock, formerly of NFL Network, and of course uh, took over to lead the Raiders last year when they hired John Gruden. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw him on television a bunch during Hard Knocks. The Raiders, you know, I-, I thought the Raiders actually were okay last year, all things considered. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, it wasn't. I don't think it was a complete disaster for them, but it was very clear that once Antonio Brown was out of the mix, they really didn't have a lot of great options at wide receiver last yeah. year. Tyrell Williams was like at the beginning of the season he was okay. Hunter Redfro is a nice like second or third wide receiver, and Waller, the tight end, really came on yeah. and I think has a chance to be a big factor with this team. But look, you can't go from Joe, Amari Cooper to Antonio Brown to nothing, right? which is especially what they had last year. So, um, I mean, listen, you've been diving into this in terms of the order more than me. I mean, do they have a shot at getting uh, Judy? Do they have a shot at getting um, uh, Ohio State's, I'm sorry, Clemson's wide receiver whose name T. is? T. Higgins, uh, yep. Yeah. yeah, Higgins, yeah. who's escaping my name right now. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, they're going to be very interesting because they're right around where the uh, the Dolphins are in that uh, in that category there. They've got a couple of picks again. I mean, they've always, seems like the Raiders uh, always have a lot of draft sure. picks. But they're going to have an opportunity to get, because this draft is so loaded with wide receiving talent that – uh, there's going to be a number of guys, uh, big wide receivers, slot receivers, really, really great number one guys that are going to get a lot of value uh, towards that end of that first round and then second and third round. Going to be a lot of value on the board in the wide receiver position. Yeah, for sure. I'm in the dynasty fantasy league mm-hmm. that I've been in the last few years. It's with a lot of the guys in uh, in baseball, in Major League Baseball, like these fanatical guys. And I thought, I'm going to enter this thing and destroy these guys. Let me tell you, <laughs> I have just given away my money 
the last couple of years in these leagues. Um, <laughs> I love you know, it. I, I, it's, I, need, I need some – I have a lot of first-round picks because I traded away my team. Right. I, I need a couple of these DeAndre Swifts, Dobbins, uh, you know, Judy's. Yep. Like, I, I need a few of these guys this year. So that's my interest in terms yep. of this draft from, uh, from the fantasy angle to see where these guys where they land. Yeah, where they end up. Uh, that's a big part of this. It's yep. a big part of this. Yeah, so I'll be paying. I drafted Isabella last year. I was thinking, okay, look, be the third or fourth guy in Arizona. This guy had like one good play the whole year. That was it. <laughs> that was that was all pick. it. I had a late first round pick. I figured Andy Isabella, you know, Kingsbury offense, oh, third you're guy, gonna, you're gonna eighty catches. Yes. I figured eighty catches. I got eight. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, wow, what a it's, bad pick that you're was gonna have. Uh, there's gonna be a lot of. Uh, I'll have some choices. Yeah, offensive linemen, uh, edge rushers. Uh, and wide receivers, ton of in this draft. So there's going to be a lot of value in the first couple of rounds. Yeah, sure. Uh, Jalen Rieger is my favorite player in the whole draft. Mm-hmm. Yep. Love. Uh, okay, so uh, also along the lines of the NFL draft, this one caught me by surprise yesterday. NBC uh, Sports reported mm-hmm. that the Jaguars are not considering drafting a running back in the early, or I'm sorry, a quarterback in the early part of the draft. Now, one of the bets that I made, me and Joe Pizzapia went uh, mm-hmm. halves on this last year, Joe, is that after game, I think it was after game two, we bet Minshew to okay. win Rookie of the Year. And, I, and I, man, I thought it was a great bet. I was feeling real good about it. Right. And then he hit that wall. He yeah. started throwing those picks. They put Nick Foles back in. They put Minshew in a little too late. I mean, Minshew had that run again even yep. at the end of the year where he looked good again. And I want to see him play. I'm a big fan of Gardner Minshew, but yep. Jacksonville has to be respons- a little bit more responsible than this, don't they? Don't they have to draft and just have some sort of competition? Or do you think that the Jags are simply tanking? What is it, what's their win total going into next year? Is it five, six? Yeah, they're right around that uh, that five and a half mark as well. And uh, to me, you got to start building on that defense. You lost way too many pieces on the defensive side of the ball. So sitting at uh, at the number nine pick, they do have two first round picks. Um, you know, that could be a position where sitting at nine, Jordan Love comes into play if they want to go quarterback. Uh, or they could get one of these top offensive tackles coming out as well. So don't forget, we've got four or five big names uh, offensive line that would certainly be sitting there looking to protect uh, Gardner Minshew here in yeah. the future if that's the direction they're going. Otherwise, there's a lot of defensive uh, uh, guys that they can certainly begin to build around on that side of the ball sitting at number nine. Yeah, it's just interesting to me because, again, you they kind of fell into Minshew, the fact yes. that he played so well. Yep. The, if they don't get another quarterback, it yep. kind of signals to me that yep. it's not that they're not trying to win next year, but I kind of have a feeling like it may be a rebuilding type year for uh, for Jacksonville if, if that's the case. And I guess we'll just have to see how they yep. uh, handle it. Depends on who falls and when, too, there. But they'll have some options uh, to certainly build up that offensive line at number nine. Yeah. Uh, so Dak Prescott came out and basically said that his party was 10 people or less. Who cares? Let's move on from that. Here, here's here's kind of the key with Dak Prescott is, is he says that he's not going to be participating or according to reports, I should say, let's mm-hmm. not put words in his mouth, is that the potential is there for him to not participate in the virtual offseason that the Cowboys are going to have. Okay. We know, Joe, that he wants to get paid. We get it. We understand it. Honestly, with the state of quarterbacking in the NFL, they probably should have paid him and not paid Ezekiel Elliott. There are some people who say, Joe, why can't they pay both guys? I'm telling you right now, if Dak Prescott does not get paid by the Cowboys, he is going to leave in a couple of years. And because he's a free agent, he's going to be the highest paid quarterback in the NFL. People wonder why Jimmy Garoppolo is the highest paid. Why? Because he was going to be a free agent. And any quarterback with a pulse that has a chance to get you to 10 wins you're going to get paid $30 million a year. It's the most important position in all of professional and college sports. And and I think they just got to put, and, and listen, I don't think that Prescott's the best. I don't think he's the second best or even the third. But he's a good quarterback, and those guys get paid. Did anybody see what Ryan Tannehill got this offseason? What are the Cowboys right. waiting for? Yep, absolutely. And uh, they'll figure it out. You know, that they'll... Jerry always does. He'll come. Uh, he'll come, and then they'll basically have a quarterback, wide receiver, and running back, and nobody to block for them. So that's basically it because they can't afford it. Uh, kind of backed himself into a corner there, old Jerry. I'm sold. I'm not sold. I'm sold. I'm not sold. Well, he's going to get thirty million dollars one way or the other. Sure. So the sooner you figure it out, the better off everyone is going to be. Again, there is worse quarterbacks to have than Dak Prescott for the next five to six years.
there's probably 20 yeah. that are worse. Yep. So and and, and, and the drop off is significant once yep. you get to a certain point too. So yep. I think we're on the same board there. I, I may, maybe there's a part of of Dallas that can get away with not doing it now. Uh, the fact that the, the country's going through what they're going through right, right now, maybe, right. maybe just saying it's not appropriate or whatever the case may be. But if there is an NFL season, and I think that we both think that there will be, eventually they are going to have to pay that price for Can't sure. Can't pay them all, you know. So if there were going to be some people that uh, they're going to have to make a decision on. Yep. So in the last 24 hours, you and I living here in the state of Florida, we found out interesting things that could pertain mm-hmm. to sports. The governor of Florida, Ron DeSantis, yes. announced that there were some necessary businesses that should be open in Florida. The first one we heard about was before we saw the actual report, which was professional wrestling. Yes, WWE, absolutely. And now we come to find out that Governor DeSantis here in Florida believes that sports should start back up and threw out a couple of, uh, of examples at a press mm. conference yesterday, Joe, and the mm-hmm. two that he used were NASCAR, okay, because Homestead, yeah, and, and you could just run them around in a fa- in a fanless arena, and uh, and all of a sudden out of nowhere, a Tiger versus Phil, yes, in Florida, yes, yeah, wow. they've been talking about that, yeah, they've been talking about that for maybe uh, he last knows month. something, right? Maybe he knows something that we don't for him to bring that up, but I gotta tell you, I'm a little intrigued. Yes, like absolutely. I, I, and and for you, I'm sure you're. I mean, they could post every hole on FanDuel, right? Yep. Couldn't they do that? Yes, absolutely, they could. And you know, Tiger, of course, is is here in the South Florida area, and Phil has been kicking this around on social media for about a month or so, trying to figure out a way to be able to put it together. And yes, I'm all for it. I mean, the first one was a little ridiculous, but uh, given the time here uh, and what's going on, yeah, I would uh, I would love that. So the governor, obviously. Uh, opening a door, uh, Olive Branch going, hey, the guys want to do it. Florida is open. You pick a golf course. Yeah. The one thing that he did mention, by the way, also, was that the idea of having fans anywhere. Yes. Um, you know, mass gatherings in May. And it, it felt like it was a May conversation, too. Yes, by the way, it did. Even yes. really more interesting mm-hmm. that we could actually have some sports happening in May. I thought I was just ready to completely rule out May, even though I think that there will be some things that will be open in Florida. And probably a lot maybe. of governors talking about uh, people May, going right? back to work and, and getting it back mm-hmm. going in May. So not uh, not just uh, DeSantis. We're not, we're, the one thing that I've learned is we ain't going to do the political fight because we're going to piss off half of somebody who's watching. So yeah. I, I learned I learned that yeah. a long time ago. Unless I'm going to go yeah. all in on politics and do a politics show, I don't do it. Yeah. I, I no. know someone's going to be upset with me. So people that, always ask yeah. me, what, how do you feel about it? I'm like, I don't. You, you guys worry about that. I'll worry about sports. You can get mad at me uh, for liking my fantasy team. Too. I don't uh, worry about things I can't control. So I'm, uh, I'm good to go. It's uh, just... They're going to have some, not just DeSantis, but governors around the country are going to have uh, have to figure it out here at some particular point. But I find it interesting that many of them really starting to begin to lay that groundwork sure. or at least talking like May is going to be a very uh, important time of year to be able to get uh, to get the states and the economy back going. Yep. So since since I came over to Sports Grid for the past 10 months, mm-hmm. I would say, uh, I think I'm on month 10. One of the segments that I always did uh, prior to us not doing the same sort of format that we've been doing because of everything that's been going on is I did a Florida man segment. Love it. And me and whether it was uh, Joe Pizzapia or Frank Stamfel, we did this every single week where we would go through the dumbest stories and all of the arrests that would happen in the state of Florida. Now, I pulled back on that once the pandemic hit because I felt like... Like, I don't know if it's appropriate because of what we're going through. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the stories I was starting to see in March were all based around uh, the coronavirus mm-hmm. and the pandemic. But I will assure you, Joe, and of course, you living in the state of Florida, mm-hmm. too. Once once this is over, I'll dive right back into that. And it was great segments. Absolutely. We had pictures of the people. But I will say that we did not have a good a picture at all as the one that we're about to show you here on fantasy sports today because i gotta tell you the tweet that was sent out yesterday of this woman joe that was uh out in public oh boy <laughs> now there are ways to do a mask 
and then there's this. Now, now look, if it's not bad enough that this woman is clearly has a pair of underwear <laughs> on her head, okay? If, if you look real close, and I, and I don't want you to zoom in, Joe, because yeah. people may be having lunch. Okay? Yeah, yep, yep. Take if our word zoom, for it. If, if you zoom in real close, you mm-hmm. can see that there's some streaking on that. Yeah, oh, there absolutely is. Like, this is this is a, le- a legitimate uh, picture. Uh, no, 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 oh, no, 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 stop right there. Stop right there. Stop right there. Zoom back out right no, now. No, no, back out, back out, back out. Thank you very much. Oh, okay. oh no, 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 no. <laughs> I mean, we do not want this happening yes. anywhere in the country. Yes. I, listen, I appreciate so this her. Is, uh, this is the worst. This is the worst picture I've seen since the pandemic. Yes, a, a, a woman with underwear on her face, and I mean, she—I I guess she had the good foresight to at least put him on inside out. Yes, yes. Well, that's actually she's not wearing underwear right now because that's what she realized that I have to have a mask to get into Publix and do some grocery shopping. So she went out and ripped off her panties, and that's uh, that's what we got here, guys. Welcome this to Florida. This is a legitimate picture. Yeah. This is a legitimate picture. Welcome to Florida. You're welcome. You're welcome. Yesterday. Yes, you're welcome. I, I know that's not normally how I want to end a show, but I just don't think that I can follow up that up with anything else. No, I, mean, I, think that, I, think, I think we just got to stop at that point. Doesn't, this doesn't this just say enough? I mean, it's... Talk about a picture is worth a thousand words. My word, people. My word. Look at this. Yeah. And you got to be, if they're not her I mean, maybe underwear. Maybe she's out of toilet paper. Yeah. I mean, well, if the they're only- not her underwear, then who? <laughs> Just so many questions about that picture. We've, we've sunk yes. to all time levels. Do not understand. I, and again, I and, I, and I've been doing the Florida man and Florida woman stories mm. now here for a year. And I think that that, and look, I've had some great stories. Yes. Really good stories. But that one, that one right there, picture-wise. Oh yes, that's good stuff. I think that's, yeah, uh, that's good stuff. That's that that'll up. stay with you right there. That'll get. You want me to zoom in one more? I can really. Uh, you go, okay. I'm just saying, it looks like a CM, the initial CM. I don't know oh, what that is. Say, I'm just. That's, that would you stop it? I think I think I think she took Eric Gagne. <laughs> <laughs> That was the first pic she had. She was in the 2000. Uh, exactly. I'd have drafted right. her. I'd have drafted her last night. I had no problem. You would go on a streak. Good streak, that's for sure. All right. <laughs> Enough with the jokes. That'll do it for the show. Thanks to everybody who watched. At least oh, we God. left you with some shenanigans. Oh, again. boy. We'll be back here tomorrow at 11 a.m. <laughs> oh, there he is again. I have no idea who that is. The only effect we have on that's, this That's show. it. And really, when you got underwear like that, it's, yes, it's, a, it's the perfect effect. We're going to leave you with that. And thanks again to everybody who watched. Also, thanks to Rich Waltz for coming mm-hmm. on the show. Really yep. appreciate him and talking about everything that's going on uh, in the state of Washington. From my co-host, yes. Joe Ranieri, I'm Craig Mish. Enjoy the rest of your day, the rest of your night. Keep it locked right here to Sports Grid. We'll be back tomorrow morning at 11 a.m. Eastern on all the different ways that you could watch and consume our sports show, Fantasy Sports Today. I'm Craig Mish for Joe Ranieri. See you tomorrow. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com.